Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. We encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you and help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. Well, guys, good morning. Today we are talking about disappointment. And I want to just go ahead and ask the question, how many of you have been disappointed? Yeah, how many of you have been disappointed this week? Yeah, maybe with a person, maybe the person sitting next to you, possibly. Don't look at them, that'd be awkward. (laughs) I heard a pastor one time say that not every disappointment is a disaster, And I really like this. It stuck with me because I don't know about you, but I can tell you personally, uh, there have been quite a few times uh, that I overreact to things. And I'll have a disappointment and I will overreact and make it something bigger in my head where I look at it like it's truly a disaster. Like I'll find out that someone doesn't like me. And I've I've let myself do this before where I, I play games in my mind where I find out someone doesn't like me and then I turn it into a disaster where I start thinking, well, well, well maybe nobody likes me. In fact, no one likes me. And, the, and it's like, well, that's not what even happened. One person doesn't like me and I've let it escalate into something really big or maybe a disappointment when it comes to finances. You know, Amelie and I have experienced some disappointments where we were expecting something financially and it doesn't come through. So then now all of a sudden because of a disappointment, I find myself in the middle of the night. I'm not sleeping. I'm worried. I'm concerned. And I'm like, I'm making it something really big. And it was never a disaster. It was simply just a disappointment. Well, the goal in life is not to eliminate the disappointments in life. The goal in life is to learn how to deal with disappointments as they arise. So we, we've titled this message today, Deal With It. Deal with it. When it comes to the area of disappointment, deal with it. In fact, go ahead and elbow the person sitting right next to you right now and tell them, deal with it. Deal with it. Guys, I love getting into God's Word because when we get into God's Word, we see a whole new perspective. We view life through our own perspective. We view life through the culture's perspective, through what we've been taught when we were growing up, through our friendships. But really, when we get into God's word, we see his perspective on life. And I want to look into his word today and look from the angle of disappointment, seeing God's perspective on disappointment. And today we're going to look at a story found in Luke chapter 13. So I want to encourage you, if you do have a Bible, open it up to Luke 13. Share it with something sitting next to you. We're going to have it on the side screens as well. But we're going to be taking a look at a parable Jesus taught. Jesus taught many different parables. And in fact, there's probably a lot of parables that you're, uh, are more commonly known that uh, you know about. In fact, there's many of you, you know the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, the parable of the prodigal son. And we know these, they're, they're more common. Those are found in Luke chapter 15. But this one we're going to look at today in Luke 13 is not quite as common as those other parables, probably because it's, it's not quite as cute. It's not quite as cuddly. It's not quite as comforting as some of the other parables that Jesus taught. But I believe what he teaches here 
in Luke chapter 13 has so many implications that can help us in our everyday life, especially when it comes to seasons of disappointment that you and I find ourselves in. So I want to take a look at this. What we find in Luke chapter 13 is that Jesus is describing the Father's disappointment with the religious system. And he's talking about the fact that you know, God is, is disappointed with the fact that there's not true repentance. And he begins teaching about the fact that because of man-made laws and regulations, people were replacing a relationship with God, going to him and having access to God with, with all of these other things. And, and Jesus, talking about the Father's frustration with this, his disappointment with this, begins to teach about how we can have true repentance and how we can understand the disappointments that the Father experienced and disappointments that we experience a little bit better. So he teaches us in this parable found in Luke 13, verse 6. It says this. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. Let's stop right there. I wonder, how many of you have ever gone to some area of your life where you were expecting there to be fruit, and just for you to reach out and and find that there's nothing there? Maybe you've invested into an area of your life. Maybe it was a relationship. You've poured into a relationship, and you're expecting to have some sort of return, but just to find out when when you go back to that relationship, when you go back to that investment, there's nothing there. Kind of like putting money in a vending machine and pushing the button and nothing comes out. You get disappointed when you expect there to be a return and there's no return. And it might be that you go to some place where you want to experience encouragement. You want to experience some sort of uh, of uplifting and you don't receive it. And there's all sorts of discouragement that comes when you expect there to be fruit in a certain area of your life and there's no fruit there. Really, this is the situation that Jesus is talking about. And he uses an agricultural analogy to help you and I understand exactly what's taking place here. He's saying uh, disappointment happens when you expect there to be a return and there's no return. So he says, here you've got a farmer, a vineyard owner, who goes out into the vineyard and he's looking for fruit. And he goes to a tree that should be producing fruit and it has no fruit on it. Verse 7 says, So he told the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year. And I'll dig around it and I'll fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. Today we're talking about dealing with disappointment. Deal with it. Would you pray with me right now? Heavenly Father, I don't want to stand in the way of anything you want to do in this room right now. And I believe right now uh, that you want to speak to us uh, on the level that each of us have experienced different disappointments in our life and where we're not experiencing fruit. And you want to talk to us about some core issues in each of our lives. So we invite you right now, Holy Spirit, come into this room. Grab a hold of us, convict us, teach us. God, we pray you would reveal your truths through your word right now to us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, there are a lot of different ways we can look at this passage found in Luke chapter 13. In fact, historically, we could see that Jesus had a three-year ministry. 
So there, there's a parallel here where Jesus is challenging the entire establishment that the religious system uh, was not healing and it was not helpful and it was not building intimacy. There was no love. There was no true repentance. And Jesus is threatening to uproot the entire system. You could look at it from this angle. You could teach this passage from that angle. And that was exactly what was taking place in this time when Jesus was teaching. But I believe today that we can dig a little bit deeper and we can look and see that there are some personal implications for every one of us in here. And that we can look at this and see from the angle of your life and mine of being like a vineyard, being like a tree in the vineyard, that there are some things we can take away from this where we can learn what we're supposed to do when we go through seasons of disappointment. So from that angle, I, I think that there are a couple different ways that we should look at this story. So I just want to ask you to, to picture with me. We're going to look at this story from a couple different angles. First, I want you to picture this from the tree side of the story. So imagine with me, you're walking into a vineyard and there's beautiful trees everywhere. This vineyard is lined with trees. There's water flowing through there, so the trees have water. And you see a whole bunch of trees that are fruitful and beautiful and flourishing. But we see that there's one tree that's not doing its job. There's one tree that's not producing. One tree that has no fruit. See, if we're honest, the tendency that a lot of us have, the tendency that you and I have when we're not producing in a certain area of our life. Maybe we don't have fruit in a certain area of our life. We're not, we're not living up to a standard in a certain area of our life. Whenever we don't have the fruit that we expect to have, what the tendency is that most of us have is we begin to blame the ground. You say, really, it's because of my environment. It's because of the ground I'm planted in, the circumstances I'm in right now. That's why I'm not producing fruit. That's why you don't see anything good coming out of this situation. It's because of the circumstances that I'm in right now, the environment, the, the soil I'm in. But what's interesting about this story is we see from Jesus' teaching, when, when the vineyard owner went in, he singles out one tree. He says that there's one tree in the vineyard that's not producing fruit. So we can just assume then, if there's one tree being singled out that's not producing fruit, we can assume all of the other trees are, that the other trees are fruitful, and that's why the vineyard owner had a problem with this tree, this one tree that's not producing fruit. So what that tells us is that in this story, the ground was good. In fact, there's other trees that are doing just fine in the same soil that this one tree was planted in. And I think for a lot of us, we, we try to find the excuses of why we can't produce fruit. And we like to blame the ground. And we say, well, really, it's because I've never been given an opportunity like that. You know, I, the situation that I was born into is different than the situation that you were born into. And I'm not, I'm not thin enough or I'm not, I'm not uh, fast enough. I'm not tall enough. I don't have a quick enough metabolism. I, I haven't been given the opportunities or the education. It's like we look for all these different things and say, you know, environmentally, circumstantially, we, we see that I have to have some things I can blame my lack of fruit production on. But the problem with this is, is if the vineyard owner looks up and looks around, he sees that there's other trees that have fruit. So I wonder if you were to look around in your own life, can you see other trees around you that are producing fruit? Because many times we can. Many times we could be struggling in an area not producing fruit and look up and see that there's a tree planted right next to us in the same soil, the same ground, same circumstances, and yet it found a way to produce fruit. Let me put it in other words. 
You know, maybe you can look around and you can see that there are other people that don't have the same financial resources that you do. And yet somehow they find a way to produce fruit and in them God created a heart of generosity. Maybe you see other people that, that had a rougher life than you and yet they found a way to turn it around and to produce fruit and make something good come out of their life. Maybe you could look at a, a married couple who, who has not struggled or you have not struggled nearly as much as they have struggled. They have had so much more struggle and yet they've stuck it out for 50 years and beyond and you look at them and go, wait, they found a way to produce fruit. What it does is it takes their excuses away. Well, I, really, I can't blame it on the soil because if they're planted in the same place I am and they're producing fruit, then maybe there's something that's going on with me. Maybe there's something that I need to take a closer look at. See, it's interesting here because I've heard a quote that says, faith sees the way and doubt sees the obstacle. And I believe that to be true because, because faith sees that there is a way to produce, there is a way to succeed, there is a way to move forward. Where doubt, we just look at all the reasons why we can't, all the excuses, this is why I can't do this, this is why I can't do that. You see, there has to be a place, there has to be a time, sometime in your life where you stop blaming the ground for the fact that you're not producing fruit. See, to be a person of faith, we have to find a way to grow. Find a way to grow no matter what the circumstances are. If the circumstances are bad, find a way to grow. If you just got laid off your job, find a way to grow. If your relationship is struggling, find a way to grow. Through pain, through whatever the circumstances, you have to find a way to grow. The way that Paul says this, we see in Philippians chapter 4, verse 12, Paul says, I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. See, no matter what the circumstances, I'm learning I can be content. What is he saying? He's saying, it doesn't matter what type of ground you put me in, good soil or bad soil, I'm going to find a way to grow. I'm going to find a way to flourish. And this is something that you and I have to be able to learn as children of God, as, as followers of Jesus, a people of faith. We have got to learn that no matter what the circumstances are, we have a responsibility to produce, a responsibility to grow, a responsibility to change. And we can't just sit back and blame it on anything else. So there's a responsibility that the tree has to be fruitful. But I want to take it and look at it from another angle now. Uh, because far beyond the tree's responsibility to produce fruit, we see that there is something big happening with the response that the vineyard owner has to the tree that's not producing. The vineyard owner comes in and says, okay, you have one more year to produce fruit, and then I'm going to cut this tree down. You just got, you got one more year, and then I'm going to cut this tree down. I wonder, is there an area of your life where you need to put a timeline on it? You need to put a time frame and say, I'm going to see some changes, I'm going to see some production, or, or I'm going I'm to get rid of this problem. Because It's interesting here because the, the vineyard owner didn't just sit back and go, well, I guess nothing's really happening and shrug his shoulders and say, well, I guess we're just not seeing production from this tree. We'll just deal with it. He said, no, this is a problem. And, and we're going to get rid of this problem unless we start to see some changes here. In other words, is there an area of your life where you need to stop waiting for something to happen and decide, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to set a goal. I'm going to set a timeline. 
It's interesting because the manager of the property said, you know, give me one year. He didn't leave it open-ended like, we'll just watch it for a while and see what happens. He said, I'm going to put a time on this. Give me one year, and I'm going to do some things during this one year and make some changes around this tree. And as I make these changes, we fully expect to see some change, to see some growth, to see some fruit production. And if not, then you cut it down. So the video says, we're going to make some changes. We give it a timeline. I'm going to do two things. And I want to encourage you to write these two things down. This is the two things that the, the manager did. He said, okay, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to dig around it. I'm going to dig around it. In other words, I'm, I'm going to dig deeper. You know, it, if there's an area of your life that's not producing, maybe it's a relationship. You know, maybe it's an area of your health that you've been working on. Maybe it's in your finances. You're expecting to see fruit and you don't see it there. Then maybe... Maybe what you need to do right now is just like this manager of the property did say, okay, I'm going to dig it. I'm going to dig around it. I'm going to dig deeper. I'm going to get into this issue and figure out why am I not seeing success here? This, this poses the question, why, why is this tree not producing? Why have, have I not seen fruit here in this area of my life? And, and again, it could be many different areas. But he's, he's saying, okay, I'm going to dig around it. And I wonder, is there an area of your life that you need to dig into deeper? Maybe you need more wisdom. And maybe you need to dig into God's word deeper than you have before. So he's just sitting back going, I wish I knew what God wanted me to do. Go after it. Dig after it. Getting deeper. See, when you dig in, you're saying, I want to figure out what the root issue is. Because the truth is, a lot of us, we can go through life and just be totally satisfied to live on surface level and to just get by. But when you say, I'm going to dig into this issue, you're saying, I'm going to figure out why this tree isn't producing. I'm going to get to the root issue of what's going on. Here's an example of what this looks like. Maybe in your life you'd say, you know, I'm struggling with joy. I, I feel like I have a lack of joy in my life. And that's a fruit. In fact, the Bible says it's one of the fruits of the Spirit. We see Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you look at any of those and say, okay, I don't see those fruits in my life, I don't see that being produced in my life, then there's something wrong i got to figure out. And a lot of times, what Scripture will show us is you recognize, when you start digging in to see why, there's that, not that fruit in your life, and you get down to the root issues, a lot of times it uncovers something that's taking place at the root. And it might be unforgiveness. It might be bitterness. It might be some sort of sin pattern. Or, or, or some thought process that's wrong that doesn't line itself up the way that God teaches us. But there's something going on on a root issue that's causing there to be a lack of growth and a lack of fruit production. It means getting right in there and saying, okay, I'm not okay with just getting through life and not producing fruit, not having return on my investment, not having, seeing my relationships uh, become more intimate and more beautiful, not seeing my health get better as I work out. I'm done with that. i got to figure out what's going on here. It's kind of like when David said, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in your way everlasting. What is David saying? He's saying, God, I'm willing to do the dirty work. I'm willing to dig around this issue and figure out why I'm not seeing changes in my life. Why I'm not seeing growth in my life. And, and whatever it is, God, reveal it to me. 
I wonder when was the last time you asked God, re- reveal to me, is there, is there some area in my life that I need to dig into? Maybe some area I've even given up on. And the truth is, if you go before God and you start to say, okay, God, show me what's wrong. I want to get to the root issues. He, he will show you. The Holy Spirit will begin to guide you and show you what areas of your life are not lining up with what he wants for you. And in doing that, you can start to see areas of your life revived and and fruit grow on areas that you've even given up on in the past. So the truth is, you can stay stuck in disappointment. You can even blame the soil, or you could dig a little bit deeper. So the first thing that the manager says, he says, I'm going to dig around it. And then he goes on and says, and now I'm going to fertilize it. And I love the way that the King James Version of the Bible says this. It's like an older translation of the Bible. It's what I read when I was a kid. I remember this story from there. In the King James Version of the Bible, instead of saying fertilize, it says, I'm going to dig around it, and then I'm going to dung it. And that's the second point. Write this down. <laughs> he, said, he said, I'm going to dung it. I'm going to dung it. And I love it. It's graphic, and I know, but, but it's so true to what life feels like sometimes because I can tell you, I love this because there have been many times when I felt like, like failure was burying me. I felt like doubt or insecurity was burying me. Some sort of circumstance was just burying me. And, and I was going, I don't like this one bit. This, this isn't comfortable. I'm, I'm not happy with it. But remember, the first thing we talked about this morning it is not every disappointment is a disaster. Not every time that you feel something that's not necessarily desirable land on you is a disaster. Sometimes it can actually be used for good. In fact, when you think about the smell, the origin, the, the composition of dung, it's not necessarily a, a very pretty picture. It's not necessarily something that any of us want to deal with, but I think every one of us in this room have been dung on before, right? <laughs> Some of you, you felt dung on coming in here. I, I heard some stories before the 9 o'clock service this morning like, wow, you, you were walking in here feeling like you are covered in a big heaping pile right now. And, and the truth is life will make us feel that way. And it's not necessarily something we desire and something we want, but the vineyard manager, one of the things he knew is that sometimes it's going to take a substance that not, is not necessarily desirable to achieve a result that's fruitful. See, I believe that God wants someone in this room to hear this because for some of you, you have been complaining about a circumstance or you have been praying for God to remove a circumstance from you. And it might be that God is using that exact circumstance to fertilize you so that you can begin to produce fruit. See, I don't think any of us want to admit it, but if we're honest, we can look back at some of the times where we have been covered up with some of the most difficult circumstances, and we see that those are the times, actually, that we began producing the most fruit in our lives. You could look at times where where you went through difficulty, you went through conflicts, you went through the loss of a job, you went through health problems. You can look back at those things, and when you're in the middle of it, you're going, God, why are you covering me up with all this? This is not what I asked for. This is not what I wanted. But the truth is, and I can tell you personally, there's been several times I'll get through a situation like that, and I think, I'm dying here, God. This is killing me. I don't want all of this on me. And then you get out of the situation, and you look back on it, and you think, well, God, Thank you for that. 
Because if I didn't go through being covered up and smothered and all that difficulty, all that, all, all that conflict, I probably wouldn't have developed the character that could help me sustain what I'm going through right now. And I, I wouldn't have the peace that I have now. I wouldn't have the patience I have right now. So God, thank you so much for that. And the truth is, if we're honest, we could look back at some of the times when we've been covered up with some dung. And we go, really? That might have been something that God used to help producing fruit in my life. I don't think we really want to admit that, but this is the way James says it. He basically shows us in, in, in James chapter 1 verse 2, he basically shows us that maybe we should start looking at some of the difficulties we go through a different way. Maybe our perspective needs to change. Because James 1 says it this way. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. We should be happy. Whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, so let perseverance finish its work so that it may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. He's saying, what is he saying here? He's saying your difficulty might actually be the fertilizer that, that is, God is using to help produce fruit. So maybe we've got to look at the difficulties we face in a different way. Instead of looking at, God, I, I'm getting dung on right now, to start realizing maybe God is letting this happen to fertilize me for something different. So I tell people, yeah, you got to be careful sometimes what you pray for. In fact, Paul said, don't pray for patience because if you pray for patience, God's going to give you reasons to be patient. <laughs> So that's what we pray prayers like, God, I want to be more fruitful. I want to be more loving. I want a heart like yours. Help me produce fruit. And God says, okay. And he brings up his wheelbarrow and pulls up right beside you. And you go, where did this come from? This is not what I asked for, God. Like maybe you, maybe you missed the memo because I was asking for like fruit. I wasn't asking for what you're piling on me right now. Now, I need to pause for a moment and say, by no means am I saying God just brings us difficult things and brings us bad situations, but what I am saying is a lot of times God will allow the difficulties in life to, to put some fertilizer on you because he knows if he allows you to stay there and you cooperate with it and your perspective changes from just looking at it like I got dung on to going God's trying to do something in me through this that he can begin producing enormous amounts of fruit in your life. But what's weird about this process is, is this isn't a fun process. I mean, getting out and digging is not fun. It's difficult. No one wants to dig into the root issues of what's going on in your life. No one wants to be able to have to say, I've not committed into this relationship the way I should have, so I've got to dig in deeper. I'm not committed into my marriage the way I should have. I need to dig in deeper. I'm not committed into my health the way I should have. I've got to dig in deeper. That's not, it's not fun. It's hard work. And then when we, when we get dung spread out on us, no one enjoys that. No one likes it. But really, what I'm getting at in all this is, I believe there are some of you in this room today, you go back to a certain area of your life and you're expecting to have return. You're expecting to see fruit. You're expecting to see the scale change. You're expecting to see your relationship get, become more intimate. You're expecting to see something different, and you go back over and over again just disappointed, going, I'm not seeing the results that I want. Well, maybe for you, this is a season for you to dig in, to dig a little bit deeper, 
to say, I'm not going to just sit by and shrug my shoulders, but, but like this, this vineyard manager, I'm going to say, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to put a timeline on it. I'm going to get serious about this, and I'm going to dig in, and I'm going to find out what areas of my life do I need to make a deeper commitment towards, and what areas of my life do I need to dig in and go, God, is there something that you want to work on me in? Is there unforgiveness in my life? Is there bitterness? Is there sin or something that's, that's affecting me on a root level? Because like, I'm not satisfied going through life just trying to put, uh, put on nice clothes and, 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 and show up at church like everything's just fine to put a smile on the outside when there's really some root issues going on on the inside. We go before God, maybe this is your season right now to dig in. Say, God, I, I want to find out. Is there something that you want me to work on at the root of my life. Maybe there's some of you here today that you say, man, I'm covered in a pile of dung right now. It just keeps getting deeper and deeper. There's more of it that I'm having to deal with. And, and, and you feel like you're dung on. Maybe this is a time for God to help change your perspective. You say, okay, God, I'm going to look at this differently. I'm not going to look at it as it's just difficulty. It's just trial. It's just a pain in this season of my life, but maybe I'm going to start looking at this just like James said. This is an opportunity for me to be able to grow, an opportunity for me to be able to change. And maybe for you, this is a season really of patient urgency. Why would you say patient urgency? Because in the story, we see both things at work here. We see that first, there's a patience on the on the vineyard manager, he's saying, let's give it some time. Let's give it a year. Let's, let's work on this. And I think there's a lot of us in this room that you need to give your situation some more time. We give up on things way too easy. We give up on marriages way too easy. We give up on jobs way too easy and diets and everything else. And maybe there's some areas of your life that, that you don't need to give up on yet, but you need to be a little more patient with so you can see some changes start to happen. Because the truth is, when the owner came in, he could have said, cut it down, and they argued him, and no, just cut it down, get rid of it. But he said, okay, I'll give it, I'll give it some more time. I'll be patient with it. Why? Because if God plants something in your life, he expects to see it produce. He expects to see some change there. So there's a patience. But then there's an urgency. Because then, again, like we just saw, the owner of the property says, I'm not going to waste any good ground. If there's a tree that's not producing, if there's an area of my life that's not being productive, we're going to get rid of it. We're going to cut it out because I'm not going to let it use up good soil. What you need to understand is that you are a limited resource. We serve an unlimited God. We know that, but you yourself, you're a limited resource. You only have so much time, so much energy, so, so much ability. So every bit of your life, God wants to be productive. And maybe there's an area of your life you go, okay, I've got to put a timeline on this. I've got to put a deadline on it. And maybe there's some areas of your life that you need to uproot. Maybe it's a relationship, that, a friendship that's been in the inner circle that, that needs to be uprooted. A thought pattern doesn't line up with God needs to be uprooted. Some sin pattern that you go back to and it's like it's taking up so much of your energy, so much of your time, so much investment and you're receiving no return on it. This is what I want to do in closing today. This is one of those messages that takes some more homework. Because we can talk about this and as Jesus brings this teaching and the fact that sometimes we need to dig in, sometimes there's going to be some dung on us, there's some things we need to ask him about. Because I can't, I can't stand up here and, and try to pick a, apart each and every one of our lives. I think that, that's the position of the Holy Spirit to do. 
So I wrote down three questions. I want to encourage you to pray these questions and ask them to God. The first question is this. I want you to pray and ask God, where do you want me to dig? Is there an area of life you want me to dig into? Is there an area of life that, that I need to be more committed to? Or is there something deep down in the roots of my life that, God, you want to do some work on? Maybe uproot some unforgiveness, uproot some bitterness, God. The second question is, what difficulties do you want me to look at differently? Maybe God's convicting you right now. You've been complaining about something. You've been asking him to remove something from you, and he's showing you right now that it's not, it's not a bad thing. It's fertilizer that's going to help you grow. What do you, what do you want me to look at differently, God? And then the last question, what do you want me to uproot so that I'm not wasting any good ground? I believe if you ask these questions to God, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you the answers. And I believe when we lean into him and we say, okay, God, we want to be the type of people that produce fruit. We want to see productivity. We want to move forward. We, in every area of our life, from relationships and health and finance, but most importantly in spiritual fruit, being the type of people that go through life happy and patient and peaceful and kind and good, help us with that, God. When we do that, I truly believe that God will help you through the process. So you're not just walking through it alone, feeling like, man, I'm going through difficulty, but you're starting to recognize the Father is trying to help me grow. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. I thank you so much for every person in this room. We thank you for the fact that that in our lives you expect us to produce. You don't want us to be stagnant. You don't want us to be withering. So, So God, we pray that we would be the type of people who cooperate with what you want to do in our lives. So God, I pray right now that you would help us. You would help us to to grow in every different area of our life. And God, I pray that you would speak to us individually what those areas are so we can know what we need to do. God, help us to have the courage to put some timelines on some things. I'm not going to mess with this for the rest of my life. I'm going to make some changes, and this is going to end by this timeline. Help us with that, God. And we pray that as we do this and we partner with you, we would begin to see enormous amounts of fruit in our lives. We thank you so much. I pray that you bless each and every person here, and we pray this all for your glory, that, God, we would look more like you every day. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. I love you guys. See you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner, and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, and that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my Savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this, in your precious Son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer at all, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or by email at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week.